Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. You, you guys can take your seats. It is so, I'm so excited to be here today. I really am. Numa Melbourne North, how are you going? I'm so excited. I love church planting. I love the fact that you guys are four weeks old. Four weeks. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, you're four weeks old. <laughs> it, is, it is amazing. I, I absolutely love it. I love it. Hey, <clears throat> can I just take a moment and just honour uh, Pastor Glenn and Pastor Lynn? These guys are incredible. You guys have got the best. You seriously have got the best pastors. These guys are incredible. They are world-class leaders, world-class pastors. I've, I've known probably um, Pastor Glenn and Pastor Lynn for probably about four or five years. I think um, we met when we were, uh, we were pastoring a church in Perth, and they were pastoring a church in Perth. And uh, I met up with them, and immediately there was this sense of, sense of connection and just, you know, just the, the heart of the Father the heart for the kingdom, and um, here we are now serving Melbourne at Numa, uh, Melbourne, which is amazing, which is absolutely incredible, and I just, I think you guys have got the best pastor. He is seriously a world-class leader, and um, these guys are incredible mothers and fathers in the faith, and um, you, you guys are really blessed to have them as your Location pastors, awesome. So four weeks old, I love church planting. It is, it is so amazing to be part of a, of a brand new church planted in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. And um, I know that you are full of faith and full of excitement about what God is doing. You know, small beginnings, but I look around and I'm like, this is not that small beginnings. I mean, most churches start with just a handful of people. Man, this is great. I mean, look around. There's, it's so good. And, you know, the church is not the leaders. The church is not the leaders and the worship leader and, and the people who are serving. The church is you and me. It's everybody. You are the church. And so, you know, the church is the body of Christ, which really means that we all play a part in the body of Christ. We all play a part and we all get to use and serve and use our gifts in the church. And so it's really important. Can I encourage you right off the bat to uh, get involved, to roll your sleeves up? Everybody roll your sleeves up right now. Roll your sleeves up. <laughs> but, I mean, church, excuse me, church doesn't happen automatically. It takes people. It takes you and me to get involved, roll your sleeves up, serve, get involved. You know, use your gifts. Use your gifts for the extension of God's kingdom. And that is the exciting part of being, being in a church plant. I, <clears throat> I've been in part of church planting for a number of decades now, and I've been blessed to be a part of 13 new church plants, which is really, really, really exciting. And so I know what it's like being, uh, you know, starting off, launching out. Uh, we were part of a, a, a church uh, planting movement called HarvestNet, which planted a number of churches across Perth. And uh, there's nothing like just a, gr just a small group of people getting together and having faith and having vision and believing that God's going to do amazing things. And uh, so it's really, really encouraging. And the great news is, is you're a part of a wider family. You're a part of a larger global apostolic family. You're so blessed to, be, to have that apostolic covering as uh, uh, Numa Church as well. And, you know, obviously Pastor Corey and Pastor Simone and the whole global leadership team. And I, I get the privilege of visiting all the locations and hearing and seeing and being a part of what God's doing right across the globe as far as Numa Church. Really, really, really excited. Exciting. So as you can see, I'm just bursting at the seams. I'm like, yes, church planning. It's amazing. It's really, really exciting. So roll your sleeves up, get involved. There's nothing like... Uh, church planning and four weeks old you guys are doing incredible for four weeks old turn to the person next to you and say hey you're doing incredible doing incredible <laughs> encourage one another that's what the church does it encourages one another amen we'll turn in your bible to matthew chapter 11 matthew chapter 11 
And uh, before we get into the Word this morning, I want to, again, just just, uh, being, being a brand new church in this location, I mean, we're all new, but a lot of us have been involved in churches before. We've been involved in uh, um, building the church or different, you know, churches before. And that's really exciting. But sometimes what happens when a new church gets born, we bring all of our preconceived ideas. <laughs> we bring all of our, oh, we did it like this. We did it like that. And you sort of bring it all together in this mishmash and you go, right, we're planning a church. But at times, it's, it's really important to lay some of those preconceived ideas down and go, okay, God, what... I'm going to come not with, not with expectation, but with a sense of expectancy. Expectation means I know exactly what it's going to look like and this is what I want it to look like. But ex- expectancy is like, God, I'm just willing and open to see what you're going to do this morning. What you're going to do in this church. I just want to be a part of it. And that's living with that sense of expectancy. And that's really important. You know, um, so many times we come to, to a new church and we go, right, we want the pastor to be like this. We want the service to be like this. We think it should be like this. But how many know it's so important just to come with a sense of, God, I want to serve. I just want to be planted. I just want to do what you want me to do. That's that heart that we're looking for as far as uh, um, a new church. You know, our vision I love it. It's all written. It's written up here. Our vision is to plant 200 new churches across four global hubs that carry a spirit of revival to disciple cities and nations. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, you know, you might come with. Uh, I think we should do it like this. No, no, no. We've already got a vision. We have a we have a mission statement to expand and to extend God's kingdom, and we also have our cultural values, which I love the these cultural values, and I want to speak. Uh, this morning in regards to one of them. So I hope you've got that in your Bible. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. Let's read. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them and said, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And then in verse 12, he goes on and he says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. And then right over to the last two verses of that chapter, it says, Come to me, all who will labor, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <clears throat> Come on. Let's just close our eyes and let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that comes and brings clarity to our life. Lord, we thank you for your word that heals us, that transforms us. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here right now. We know that you're already here, your manifest presence, Lord, that you're ministering to people's hearts and people's lives right now, Lord. And this morning as we gather around your word, speak to us, Lord. Bring clarity, Lord. Give us something to repent about, Lord. Bring alignment to our lives, Lord. Bring transformation and bring healing to us, Lord, as we gather around your word. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about awareness, about having awareness. Now, this is really, really key, having awareness in our lives. Now, you know, we we talk about um, this society right now. Everybody's so self-absorbed and everybody's so narcissistic and everybody, all they think of of themselves. And the Bible says that um, all all seek their own. Philippians 2, um, chapter 2, verse 21, it says, For all seek their own and not the things of others. For all seek their own, not the things of others, which are of Christ Jesus. But living with this sense of awareness is living, being fully alive, fully conscious, 
having perception and understanding of God, of yourself, and of others. It's, it's having this recognition and being attentive and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit in you for your sake and upon you for other people's sake. The Holy Spirit's been given the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells within us, within you and me. If you're a believer this morning, the same Spirit, wow. I mean, we could just park there. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells within us. We can, we can finish right there. But, you know, it's so important to live with this sense of awareness of the presence of God. Right now, I really sense at Numa Church, and this is what we've been speaking about right across the locations and what God's been highlighting to Pastor Corey and the leadership team, is this sense of the presence of God, making the presence of God our priority, making it our priority. You know, certain people come to church and they, they think that church is about this, church is about that, church is about this, but ultimately, this is the house of God. We want to be a people that host Him well, that host His presence well. Obviously, we come together, we gather together, and we get encouraged, and we hear the Word of God. And, but ultimately, we're here to seek His face. We're here to minister before Him and to host His presence. And so it's so important to live with such an acute awareness and sensitivity and attentiveness of the presence of God in us and upon us and around us. And you know what? It's not just for Sundays. It's not just for the, uh, the, the gathering of the saints. It's for you and me every single moment of the day. We get to live with this awareness of His presence. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 139, um, um, uh, David said, Where can I go from your presence? If, I'm, if I make my bed in hell, there you are. If I'm, if I'm in heaven, there you are. Everywhere. The presence of God is there everywhere. The question is, is our awareness. Are we aware of His presence? So how do we become more aware of God? I'm glad you asked because that's what I'm going to talk about today. Because it's so important. I don't know about you, but I want to live with such an acute awareness of God. I want to live with an acute awareness of His presence in me and upon me every moment of the day. Uh, when I'm dealing with situations, when I'm going through tra- uh, challenging uh, um, things and stuff that happens in my life, I want to know what does heaven say? What is God saying to me? What is the presence of God uh, leading me into right now? So how do we become more aware of God? Number one, we repent. (laughs) Jesus came and the first thing he said was repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. This word repent, sometimes we think it just means, oh, we've got to cry and be sad for our sin. That's one measure of it. But repent literally means to change our thinking, to change our mind, to change the way that we think. So, so often we think, okay, I've, I've, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Hang on. A lot of it is renewing our mind, is renewing our mind. Hang on. We have the Spirit of God in us and upon us. We can live with this acute awareness of the love of God, this acute awareness of His presence in our lives. When, when Jesus started His ministry, the first thing He said was, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then He performed signs and wonders and miracles. And when He sent out the 70 disciples... To, to, to go, he, he, he gave them the shortest sermon ever. <laughs> he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, preach the gospel. That's all, that, that's the simpleness of the message of the kingdom. Amen. Change the way you think. Change your perspective. Shift your awareness. Shift your awareness. So often uh, uh, we see in society this, this people that just live so unaware of what God is doing. Or even as believers, we can become more aware of the enemy. We can become more aware of the negative. We can become more aware of the, the challenges and the obstacles and the, the enemy's works instead of more aware of what God is doing. We're, you know, that's why testimonies are really important. That's why the power of testimony is so important. Sharing the good news. What has God done 
in you this week? What, is he, what has he spoken to you about this week? What are the testimonies? And if you haven't got any testimonies, go and borrow some. <laughs> go and find some. Go and uh, you know, feed yourself with, with, with what God has done and what God is doing in people's lives. It's so important. That's that massive shift that needs to take place, that shifting of our awareness. You know, so here we see in this, in this scripture, John the Baptist. I mean, John the Baptist, Jesus says in that scripture, he was the greatest, the greatest man that ever was up till now. John the Baptist, he was, you know, he, he preached. He's, he was the, the, the friend of the bridegroom, the Bible describes him as. He was the one who prepared the way of Jesus. He was the one who first recognized Jesus. When Jesus came, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He, he was the one who first recognized him. But now here he is and he's had his disciples and he's in prison and he's going, Hey, disciples, go and ask Jesus, are you the one that was to come? Are you the Messiah? Are you the one? I mean, what happened to John? What happened to him? I mean, he was the one that recognized Jesus. You know what happened? He was in prison. (laughs) He was in prison. He was more aware of where he was in the natural and the negative in his life than he was of the signs and wonders and miracles. His awareness was not on heaven's reality, but on the situation that he was in. How often, this is, a, this is such a reflection of our lives. I love reading scripture because I use it as a mirror to read into my life. It's like how many times when I'm going through difficult seasons, struggles, challenges, obstacles in my life, and I become more aware of them, and I've taken my eyes off Jesus. I've taken my eyes off his solutions. I've taken my eyes off heaven's reality. I've taken my eyes off the presence of God. I've taken the, my eyes off the fact that I have the Spirit of God in me and upon me. And I'm more focused on the natural and the small R reality rather than the big R reality of who I am in Christ, of what's available to me. You know, whatever you focus on, whenever you focus on what God hasn't done, you undermine your own confidence and faith in the Lord and His promises. Whenever you focus on what God hasn't done or the negative, whenever you focus, you under, you're undermining your own confidence and faith in the Lord. Most people are more aware of their problems rather than on God's solutions. <laughs> how, often, how true this is of us. Let me go one step further. Most people are more aware of other people's problems <laughs> rather than realizing that God has shown them so that they can be a part of the solution. This is this whole idea of honor, affirming value and covenant family. We get to see the gold in each other. We get to encourage each other. We get to to pull out what God has deposited in each person. We don't get to point out their negatives and point out their issues. No, we get to be part of the solution. You know, we can be more aware of our weaknesses and other people's weaknesses than his strengths. Here's the point. What you are most aware of, you carry. You're conscious of. It affects your language, how you speak. So don't be enamored by the enemy in his work. Be more aware of the presence of God. He's in us and he's upon us. Amen. You know, Jesus was more aware of his father's voice than the voice of the enemy. When Jesus came on the planet, you know, obviously... Uh, uh, um, the the enemy tempted him, and and but he was always he always uh, he always quoted scripture, and he was more aware of the voice of his father. It says in John chapter five verse nineteen, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but whatever he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in in like manner. <laughs> so Jesus lived with such an acute awareness of the Father's voice. He lived with such an acute awareness of the Holy Spirit that that was the loudest voice that he listened to, that he was most aware of, rather than the negative, rather than the issues. You know, he was more aware of the Holy Spirit and opportunities for heaven to break in. Amen. What you're most aware of, you will host. That's why sometimes when you see a depressed person, you, you, can, see, you can see it on them. You can see that depression on them. And when you see someone who's full of the Spirit, 
You can see it on them. You can see the Spirit, the presence of God on them. I want to be a person where people see me and they go, oh, the presence of God is on him. He's full of the Spirit. Don't you want to be that? I want to be a, you know, you want to be a person that carries God wherever you go. Because what you're most aware of, you host. What you're most aware of will change the atmosphere around your life. And this is where faith grows. Faith grows with an awareness of the Spirit of God in you. You know, for every problem, there's a promise. And so there's such a beautiful invitation that God has for us to to whatever situation, whatever problem you're facing, God has got a promise for that. God has got heaven's really heaven has got an answer for that issue. You know, self-awareness as a Christian is being aware of where God is at work in you. Now, this is really, really crucial. We talk about awareness, awareness, living with an awareness of the, of the presence of God, living with an awareness of heaven's real, reality, living with an awareness of the presence of God and the Spirit of God in you, but also having self-awareness as well. Now, self-awareness as a believer is being aware, God, where are you at work in my life? What are you doing in my heart right now? What are the things and the issues and the invitations that you have for me as your child right now? Because you know what? God is always at work in our hearts. He's all, he, he is interested in growing us, in maturing us, in forming us, in f- fashioning us. He's always interested in renewing our minds. Spiritual growth. That's so important. We all want to be spiritually growing. And so part of spiritual growth is having this awareness of, God, where are you working in my life? So how do you live with a great awareness of his presence in your life? Number one, you live in response, not reaction. Now, this is a good one for us. This is where the rubber hits the road. (laughs) How do you respond when someone pulls out in front of you <laughs> in traffic, like on the way coming here this morning? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Live in, react, live in response, not reaction. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. says this, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail to meet the test? You know, it's so important, this, this element of self-reflection with the Holy Spirit. It's not self-help. It's not self-help. You're doing it with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where are you at work in my heart? I'll examine my heart. See if there's wicked ways in me. See if there's issues in me, these reactions. What's happening? Why am I reacting? And I love doing this at the end of the day where I'm like, I'm spending some time in the Lord. I'm reflecting on the day. Like, okay, God, where were you with me today? And where did I resist you today? Where did I react? And then I'm like, oh, yep, I reacted to that. Yep, I got overly emotional about that. That is, that is invest, that's allowing the Holy Spirit to put his finger on our lives. You know, self awareness is the first step in personal and spiritual transformation. Um, Jesus said this the best when he in Matthew chapter seven when he talked about you know the the you're you're trying to take the log in the other person's eye out while you sorry the splinter in the other person's eye meanwhile you've got the log in your own eye we we think that scripture is all about judgment it's all about you know don't judge others and yes there's an element to that but really that scripture is about self awareness. It's about, okay, where are the logs in my own eye? Where are the issues? Where are the splinters? Where are the things that I'm reacting to? It's, it's beautiful because God is interested in your growth, your transformation, your healing. You know, part of the Christian walk is about denying that part of our lives that is just not bringing healing and fruit. Amen. What's the log? What's the speck? You know what a speck is? It's a reaction, a frustration, an outburst of anger, of annoyance. It's very quiet in here. (laughs) When you have any of these happen, it's actually not about the other person. It's about you. You know when people say, oh, you're just pushing my buttons. 
Well, they're your buttons. <laughs> they're your buttons. That person, they pushed my buttons. They, they just, they're just triggering me. Well, that's your triggers. It's your buttons. That's what God's dealing with you about. That Go on that journey of, God, what are you pushing on here? Why do I feel like this? Do I have this sense of you don't love me or that this sense that I'm not worthy or I'm out of control? Because here's the point. Every irritation is an invitation. Every irritation, every frustration is an invitation for you. It's an invitation for wholeness, for growth, for real transformation. And God, God tests us like this. God does this. You know, Lord, would you create in me a clean heart? You know, we're singing, God, would you test me? Lord, I just love you. I just want to give you my whole heart. And then he puts his finger on something. It's like, oh, yep, okay. There's an area in my life that I need to react better. I need to respond better. Amen. Is this helping someone here? So... Living from heaven's reality is having an awareness of the dove of the Holy Spirit in you and upon you. You know, when Jesus was baptized, John chapter 1 verse 32, John the Baptist, he saw this and he described the heavens opened and the dove came down and the dove rested on him. And the Bible says this interesting phrase and John says it, it says, the dove remained, remained on him. The Spirit of God remained on him. The presence of God remained on him. There's an invitation for you and me. to How, how would you live if you had a dove on your shoulder? <laughs> You'd walk carefully, wouldn't you? You would live circumspectly. You know, you would live with such an acute awareness. God's with me. The dove's with me. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Jesus never grieved the Holy Spirit. I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. And so... Part of, of our walk as believers is living with this sense of awareness of the dove on us. Amen. How would you live and walk if you had a dove on his shoulder? Carefully. <laughs> Jesus, he only lived according to the Father's voice, the Spirit's direction, heaven's awareness. Not the enemy, not frustrations, not emotions, not enamored by the enemy, but he responded with heaven's reality when he saw the enemy's effects. And it's not putting your head in the hole. There's still, there's a lot of issues. We, we're dealing with situations and there's a, a lot of negativity in the world and there's, you know, the enemy's at work. And we've been, we've been um, our assignment is to destroy the works of the enemy. So we've got to be aware of, his, of what he's doing. But most and foremost, and our priority is being more aware of what heaven's saying. What's God saying? It's the posture of our heart, the big R reality of where we're living from. Because what you dwell and meditate on will affect your atmosphere, your demeanor, your behavior. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul alluded to this, where he said, um, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's how he said it. He goes, hey, come on, guys. This is our positional reality here. We, we are spiritual beings. We have a body. We have a soul. But we are spiritual. This is where we live and we operate from. This is where we get to bring the kingdom. We get to expand the kingdom in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our own families, in, this, in, in our world, in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Come on. This, this is where we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So whenever you're facing a challenge or a major issue or a situation, take a moment and remind yourself, hang on, hang on, hang on. Where am I sitting? Where am I sitting? What am I most aware of? Aware of the Holy Spirit, aware of His presence. And, you know, part of this is training ourselves, becoming more aware of Him Rather than our problems, we've got to walk it out in real time. What does the presence say? Number two, we, we live with an awareness of His presence by prioritizing His presence over principles. Now, this is a huge thing because I was brought up, some of my background, so I, I'm, I'm one of 10. So actually, no, I got that wrong. I'm one of 11. <laughs> I've got 10 brothers and sisters, so fairly large family. And we were all brought up. Um, in, in, a, in a Christian environment, a Christian home, we were brought up reading the Bible. Uh, we read it morning and night. 
And uh, it was quite a religious, sort of fundamental religious upbringing. The interesting thing about it, there was no Holy Spirit. There was no presence of God. It was just Scripture. It was just religion. And so we were taught the Bible and we were taught, you know, the things of the Bible. But I didn't get born again and filled with the Spirit until I was 19. So my early years were all about religion. And who loves religion here? <laughs> religion didn't save, doesn't save anybody. And we were taught about the principles of the Bible. And while they're good, principles of Scripture are really important. It's important to read Scripture. What does Scripture say about specific issues and things? And what is God speaking to me about You know, through Scripture? But it's more important to live with an awareness of presence over principles. <laughs> you might think, hang on, this is heresy. Hang on. Jesus said, you search the Scriptures to think that in them you find life, but they actually point to me. So the Scriptures point to a, a living, vibrant relationship with Jesus. So that is living with pres presence over principles. Amen. And in this Scripture here in Matthew, this is, this is such a beautiful picture. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So what he's saying then is that the kingdom of heaven, it means you've got to push through. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to, uh, um, you've got to uh, pray in the Spirit. You've got to go for it. You've got to you know, expand the kingdom and, and take the kingdom by force. But then further on in this Scripture, right down the end, he says in verse 29, he says, Hang on, come to me, learn from me. Take my burden upon you and I'll give you rest. Be still and know that I am God. Just rest. So hang on, what is he saying here? Is he saying push through fight or is he saying rest? Is he saying, you know, it's time to just strive and go, you know, expand the kingdom? Or is he saying just be still and know that I am God? Which one is it, Jesus? Have you ever thought that? It's like, Jesus, which one do you want me to do? Do I need to push through or do I need to just rest? That's the point. <laughs> The point is, it's a relationship with God. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's like, Holy Spirit, what are you leading me into right now for this particular issue? Do you want me to push through or do you want me to wait on you? You know, it's really interesting. Late last year, God showed me this really clearly. We were leading our church and we felt this shift in the spirit that God was leading us both Ali and I, into a, a new season, but we didn't know what it was. And so we started exploring. We started sort of pushing doors and put, let's go over here, let's do this. And, you know, all these options started happening and, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Steve, be still and know that I'm God. Stop pushing down doors. Stop looking for opportunities. I'm going to give you direction. You just have to be still and wait. And so I'm like, okay, in this particular instance, I had to be still and know that I am God. I had to come to him and lay all my striving, you know, at his feet. That is the importance of living a life of presence, living a life of an awareness of his presence. Amen. Presence over principles. And finally, a life of intimacy, a life of awareness is a life of intimacy. Intimacy with Jesus, cultivating that quiet time with the Lord, cultivating that your, your own uh, time with the Lord, that your own reflection time. I love this time of the year. And I've been doing this, you know, we at Numa Church, we don't do KPIs or end of year stuff. We do reflections. We do, okay, we, I sit with some of the pastors and let's reflect back on the year. Where has God been at work in you? What are some of the things that you've grown in this year? What are the, some of the things that God is speaking to you about this year? And it's so important to live a life of reflection. And this is, it, it's really good this time of the year, you know, as we sort of come into Christmas, the end of 2023. We're about to go into 2024. I mean, that's incredible. Where did this year go? But, you know, some of us, and this is what I want to uh, speak to you this, this morning about, that some of us have have had a bit of a tough year. It's been a year of change. It's been a year of shifting. It's been a year of some struggles. And it's good to sit down with the Lord and say, okay, God, where have you been this year? What have you been doing in me this year? 
you know, where are those, what have I learnt this year? These are good things to do. I love doing this at the end of the year, these reflection moments. And this cultivates that sense of awareness of his presence. God, where were you this year? What were you doing in me this year? How were you growing me this year? What, you know, uh, um, um, how were you at work in my heart this year? You know, it's so important to cultivate those times. Without any sort of reflection, there can be no spiritual growth. That's why, you know, you do it with trusted people as well. That's what I love doing, trusted people, having feedback. It's good. That's why we have some amazing leaders here as well. It's so important to sit down with someone and do those reflections and, okay, God, where are you at work in me? We all need each other. Amen. We all need each other. And I, I want to pray for some people here this morning as well because I, I really sense, you know, as I was praying for you guys this morning, as I was praying um, this week and I was just saying, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do here this morning? I really feel that, that God wants to heal some people here. And as you look back on this year and as you reflect on this year, there's been some tough stuff. There's been some difficult moments. There's been some real disappointments. Um, and, you know, uh, um, God, God wants to come and heal those disappointments. He wants to come and heal those things. You know, disappointment happens because you have expectation. You know, I thought this year was going to be like this. I thought it was going to be like this. I thought my life would look like this. You know, and you, you, you create these expectations and we all do it. But then you come to reflect back and it's like, oh, it didn't really work out. That didn't really happen. That, that, and, you know, if you, you're not careful, that disappointment can make your heart sick. And, can, and it can really erode your hope and your sense of faith and belief into the future. Because you know what? God wants to do so much more with you. You and me. He's got so much good things in store. He's a good God. He's got, he's got a plan and a purpose for each and every, per, every person here. But you know what? If we don't deal with that disappointment, if we, as we reflect back, we don't deal with those, uh, um, those things that have been really hard this year, that can hinder us from moving forward. So we have to deal with them. We have to go, God, I want to bring this to you. I want to bring you my pain. I want to bring you my disappointment. I want to bring you this issue that I've had this year. This, you know, where were you, God? And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay being real with God. Amen. It's okay going, God, this year sucked. <laughs> this year there were some things that happened that really affected me. And it's okay. Bring it to the, bring it to the Father. Bring it to Jesus. You know, the Bible says that He came, He came to heal the brokenhearted. That means he comes to heal those broken pieces in us, those broken dreams, those broken expectations. He comes to heal them. And, you know, there's been many times in my life where I've, I've, I've um, had broken dreams and broken expectations and, and just brokenness. And it's like, God, it hasn't worked out this year. And, and um, Lord, I need you to come. I need you to come into my heart. I need you to touch that area of my heart. I need, you, I need you to bring healing. I want you to stand this morning as we close. You know, the presence of God is here. He's already here. <laughs> but the key is, is just to be aware of Him right now. It's not about me. It's not about the person next to you. I want you to just close your eyes right now because I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to each and every person here right now. He's already speaking, but He's going to put His finger on some stuff right now. And I want you to say, God, just make me aware right now. Where are you working? Where are you moving? What do you want to heal? What do you want to heal? What do you want to touch? And you know what? You can trust Him. He's a good Father. He knows exactly you. He actually knows you better than you know yourself. And He sees it all anyway. You know, and His heart is not to condemn you. His heart's not to blame you. In fact, His heart's to do the exact opposite, is to bring you in close. You know, maybe you've struggled with an area of sin or an area of you feel like it's been a real weakness in your life. You know, 
God wants to bring you in close. He doesn't push you away. He brings you in close. Brings you in really close. You know, I had a, uh, uh, I've got three teenagers. You know, one of them, a number of months ago, did something really bad. And I, I felt the temptation to go in there and be angry. But the Lord said, no, 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 Steve, bring them in close. Bring them in close. Bring healing and freedom and forgiveness. Of course, there's consequences. But bring them in close. And I, I just feel that for some people here today, that God's inviting you in close. Because He doesn't condemn. <laughs> he doesn't pour guilt upon you. In fact, He wants to remove that guilt off you as well. And so I just want to open the altar right now. If, if, if God's been speaking to you, just, just become more aware of His presence right now. If God's been speaking to you, you would just love someone to stand with you right now. You'd love someone to pray with you right now. Maybe there's some healing that you need in your body right now. Maybe as you reflect back, there's some healing that you need in your soul right now. <laughs> your soul is feeling a bit weary or a bit weak or a bit battle-scarred. <laughs> Jesus is here to heal. He's here to minister His healing power, His healing presence right now. So come on, why don't you just respond right now? I just want to encourage you to respond. We should all be down the front actually saying, God, we need more of you. We want you to touch every heart, every, every part of our lives, every painful place of our lives. Would you come with your healing, Lord? So come on, let's just spend some time worshiping the Lord, just doing business with the Lord.
we just lift our hands right now. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person here, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a new thing in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that all of us will have give you free access and full access to every area of our heart, Lord, where there has been hardness, where there has been bitterness, Lord, where there's been pain, Lord, right now, we just let you into those places and we say, Holy Spirit, do what you do best. Lord, bring healing, bring freedom, bring realignment. Lord, I pray for renewed minds, Lord, and realigned hearts, Lord. Lord, we humble ourselves before you and we say, let your kingdom come. Lord, give us a greater awareness of your presence, Lord. Give us a greater awareness of your spirit, Lord. Let us walk out of this place, Lord being fully confident, Lord, being fully aware of Your Spirit in us and upon us, Lord. Lord, that You've never left us alone, Lord, but You're with us. You said You'll never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for a greater sense of awareness of where You are at work in our hearts and our lives, Lord. Lord, that we might be shining and burning lamps, Lord, to a world around us. Lord, that we might bring Your healing and bring Your forgiveness and bring the good news of the Gospel to people all around us, God. And I pray blessing upon each and every person here. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I just want to give an invitation here this morning. I'm never, we always want to do this at every service. An invitation to come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You might be here and you might have done this before and you feel like you've walked away or maybe you've never actually made a public declaration of faith. You've never actually said, Jesus, I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my whole life. 19 years old, I'd walked away from God. I'd I'd lived a life of drugs. (laughs) I found myself living in the laundry of a house. And God met me right there in my sin, in my brokenness. And He saved me and He set me free. And He gave me a brand new start. I became a new creation. Old things have gone, new things have come. And I was born again. I made a decision that day to follow Jesus, to follow Him, to give Him my whole life. You know, the Bible says that all of us have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are like sheep have gone astray. We've all done our own thing. 
And the Lord is calling us back to relationship with Him. So if that's you this morning, if you want to say, yes, I want to make a, 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 a decision today to follow Jesus, to give Him my life, maybe for the first time, maybe you want to rededicate your life to Him, maybe you've gone and done your own thing, I want to give you an opportunity right now. So can we just have every eye closed right now? I want to give you an opportunity. If that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to leave my life of self-centeredness and follow you today. Give my life to you. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths, believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. So every eye closed right now. If that's you this morning, I want you to just raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. Put your hand up nice and high. I want to see that hand. That's you. I want to make a public declaration of faith. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for each and every person here today. Lord, thank you for stirring our hearts. Thank you for stirring our hearts, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that the lost are going to be found in this place, Lord. That the people, the prodigals are going to come home in this place, Lord. We're believing, Lord, for families to be saved. Lord, for this, these suburbs to be saved. Lord, we're believing for this place to be full of people hungering for God, giving their lives to Jesus, Lord. So, Father, we just give you all of our lives afresh, Lord, today. Lord, and I just pray, Lord, right now for each and every one of us, Lord, that we might live with such an acute awareness of you, Lord. Let your presence be our priority, Lord. Let us live with presence over principles, Lord. Let us cultivate, Lord, a life of awareness of you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.